Well, when you hear that sound, it means only one thing. It is Brooklyn Paper Radio broadcasting live from the Brooklyn Paper Building in downtown Brooklyn, which we all know is America's downtown. As you know, I'm Gersh Kuntzman of the New York Daily News, formerly editor of these Brooklyn Papers, and did a damn good job. At one time. Joined, of course, by Vince DiMaselli, the current editor of the Brooklyn Paper, and the guy I learned everything from a few years ago, and then I got better. I got better. Vince. Yeah, well, you've, you've done you've done your I've own done studies. pretty well for myself, and yeah. I would be remiss if I didn't first thank our advertisers. We're going to be hearing from them later. Atlas Steakhouse, Dr. Joseph Lichter, and of course Village Care Max, and we have a special edition. I know every week, Vince, I say, "Oh, this is the best show we ever done. This is fantastic. We got Carlos Santana. We got Michael Moore. Well, forget about all those. I'm a little, hacks. I'm a little nervous, Gersh. We have a special edition this week. As you know, it's the last show before the Democalypse election on on Tuesday. That's what they're calling. Please it. vote. They're calling it. Please get out and vote. But our guests today include, and I, I can't even say it, because he's the Dan Rather of New York City News, <laughs> Pat Kiernan of New York One News. I mean, you have been, Pat, you've been the face of New York City News so long, it's like Edward R. Murrow to you, basically. That's, that, and that's the whole history of New York News. It's been a while. I don't think of myself as that old, but it's been a while. No, it's been a while. Anyway, and joining Pat, who, as you know, from New York One, is going to be the woman who should have been Poet Laureate oh the last God. time that whole shit show went down. Oh, my God. Of course, I'm talking about Dipmas Park, Rhyme Smith, Sharon Mesmer, a Brooklynite since 1988. You know, Pat's from Canada. Sharon's from Chicago, but she's lived in Brooklyn for decades. <laughs> I thank both of you for coming because Pat's a legend. Sharon is a legend. But before we talk to anybody, we always go to Vince. And I say, Vince, you're a handsome man, as you know. How you doing? I, I could not sleep last night because I had lots of bad dreams. You couldn't sleep? Yeah, I kept having this recurring bad dream. Every time I would go back to sleep, I'd have the same dream, and it was very weird. They, they whoever they might be— You don't even know who they were. No, they installed like a speaker system in my house that would warn me when there was trouble like outside. Okay, and that sounds like a prudent prudent in your neighborhood. It seems pretty weird. And I'm he lives on Staten Island, by the way. And I'm lying in bed, sleeping. Wait, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> they installed a speaker. Someone just came to your house at random and installed a speaker? What does a speaker they did do? It. Look at this. Pat Kiernan is questioning your dream. <laughs> He's questioning the dream. I don't know what happened. I'm so writing notes, and I'm going to write a poem about your <laughs> there dream. There you go. I would so like you would just hear <laughs> what was going on on the street? No, it was when you were in danger. Mm. So mm. it started out with, okay, there is a there is a suspicious individual walking down the block. Attention. Suspicious individual walking down the block and then I would look out the window and I'd see the shadows of these people walking down the block and I'm like get the, oh, get the kid up we gotta go hide your dream is racially and profiling and who, then who made the announcements yeah. was, the speaker but who was on the speaker you like, don't was know it, who's was on it the Charlie speaker. Pellet the guy from Bloomberg who does the subway announcements yeah, yeah. that'd be a good one <laughs> they, that, that, the, they, the company they should hire him for they, the, they. the home surveillance they home know. surveillance is I, don't know who, I don't know who they were but so they, how did the dream end I, I literally kept waking up over and over and over again. And I'd fall back to sleep and I'd have another version of the dream. Suspicious in individual walking no, up. No, no, no. Like, in one version of the dream, I was in California on a subway and they needed to hide the subway. They had to get the subway out of the way and we had to hide amongst the subway. And I woke up again like in a cold sweat. This is not one of your better dreams. because no, Just dream. so you guys know, he lives on Staten Island and okay. obviously it's not safe there. No, I don't think that's the issue. I think that's the issue. That's they say when you're, you're when unconscious. You a, they say when issue. you have a dream, you're recounting all the stuff you did during the course of the day. And on this particular day, I, I installed this new app on my phone called Vigilante. 
which gives you live. Have you heard mm. about this? I think it's clear why you're why you dreamt that. Yeah, <laughs> it's your you unconscious is very unstable right now. It gives you live updates of what's happening in in the world of crime. Wow. Mm. So right. I think it, it played into that somehow. Well, that is uh, our annual, our, our weekly Vince Bad Dream. Yeah. So thank you for that, Vince. That was fantastic. All right, let's get this, this show started because we've got two incredible authors here. First, as I said before, Pat Kiernan. Listen, Pat, y you and I, you don't even know this. You and I are so intimate, but you're intimate with every New Yorker in a way. <laughs> like There are two people in the world we allow to ha ha be in the room and we're having sex. It's like our dog and Pat Kiernan. So I don't know if you even knew that. I've been told that before. Not, not by you specifically, but I'm aware that, that I'm permitted in spaces it's, where others are he's not. He's like foreplay. Anyway, but more importantly, you're Canadian, which is fantastic. And now you've written a kid's book called Good Morning City, based on obviously the guy wakes up at like three every morning, mm -hmm. has to get to New York One to read the papers, do the news. So tell us a little bit about the book, and then we're going to broaden it, bring in Sharon Mesmer, who's also an author. Just give us the, uh, the update on the book. Well, there was uh, this discussion that I started with a children's book editor at FSG named Janine O'Malley about what could I do, what could I write that spoke from my experience. And we eventually landed on this idea that I have ridden through the streets of New York City on the way to New York 1 at 4 a.m., about 4,000 times. 4,000. Yeah. Now, I've read the book. I mean, it's a kid's book, so don't don't think I'm like, it's not war and peace. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't, didn't take that I read long. the book, and it's very pro-labor. You know, it's got sanitation workers, firemen, <laughs> cops. I felt like, uh, you know, it, it, tell, it teaches that lesson to kids. It's like, you know what? Get out there and work. You know, we, uh, apparently I don't know all the terms of elementary school education. But uh, they are apparently known as community helpers. What? No, it really in schools that the teachers. Yeah, no, you would say that that this is these this book is filled with community helpers, and that huh? would be useful in teaching lessons about community helpers. I, mean, I just call it organized labor. I mean, yeah. you your book has done more to help these guys get a raise next time that contract comes. Around. I'm I'm sure the mayor is very upset at you. <laughs> no, it's a real it's a loving tribute to people who work for a living. I think. I haven't read it, Gersh. I need to check. It I out. mean, it's War and Peace to Vince, but. How old? How old is this book uh, aimed at? How old are the kids that? Uh, it's you know, you at? never want to fully pin it down to exclude mm. someone, but let's sure. say two to six is a good range. Right, so I would read it to a kid going to bed, and then it would be the kind of book that a kid could read, like his first book, like you know, my, right? Because it's one of those kind of books you kind of could read. Well, the other idea too is that your kid always wakes up before you want to oh, wake up. You don't even don't start. And so, and so you you'll be like, okay, come on, just bring that book over here, and I'll read that that Good Morning book to you. So you were you working off like the good night moon vibe here? Was that the uh, was that the was that the idea? There's some influences because my girls are twelve and fifteen now, but there are books that were my favorites reading to them, and I wanted to to capture some of those themes that brought me back to the same book again and again and again. I like the artwork, and I don't take this the wrong way, Pat, because I know you wrote it. But I like the artwork too, because and, and Jimmy, I don't know if you could show a picture of the book on Jimmy, radio. Put that up. Put that up on radio. But the, every page, I'd say about 15 minutes passes in the morning of the guy going to, going to work. So the, every day, every page, it gets a little lighter. And eventually, obviously, we oh, tune into New York One with Pat Kiernan. That's why we, we ended up, well, Pascal Campion, who illustrated it, who's in California, does this sketch of the day on Instagram. And, and you see the way he uses light in all mm -hmm. of his illustrations. And we're like, this is the guy. This has got to be the guy. I hope he agrees to do this. There you go. Well, no, it's a beautiful book. Now, i got to bring in Sharon Mesmer because now, Pat, unlike you, Sharon is a randy, saucy gal. Really? Now, now you're, you're randy and saucy, Pat, but she's a gal. Now, okay. I've read her stuff. Listen, <laughs> let me just, I want to plug her a little bit. Sharon, you've so written... So to speak. Half angel, <laughs> half angel, well, I've read your poetry. 
Half Angel, Half Lunch, a couple of years ago. Mm. Vertigo Seeks Affinities. That's really, that's, that, wow. Annoying Diabetic Bitch. Wow. The Virgin for Micah. And now, most recently, she, and I didn't even have this book, she just gave it to me. Greetings from my girly leisure place. Now I've been I've been to many girly leisure places, mm -hmm. so we want to welcome name three of them. Yeah, Bush. I was gonna say. Well, I mean the ladies would not <laughs> like the that. The ones that you didn't have to pay. You know. Oh, oh, that's just that's just <laughs> that's beyond the pale. I mean, but there's a poem in there anyway. Sharon, yeah. you've written a million books. Pa this is Pat's first book, right? The kids' book. It is. Okay, give him a piece of advice. Tell him what because he's gonna be out there, and you've been on the book tour with the groupies and the crazy people. Tell him what he's in for. Look out for the STDs. <laughs> that's very good advice. Okay. That's very good. But that's advice you can live with pretty much any, all any the day. time. It's, it's now, Pat's happily married. Advice. Pat's happily married. I have to point that out. But it's really, it's really good advice, though, out, out there. You ever pick up an STD on a book tour, uh, Sharon? Uh, well, I think maybe <laughs> kind of a personal question. if STD means super terrific dog friend, yes. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Yeah, you mm -hmm. pick up. Now, Sharon's going to share some poetry with us. And I'd like her to start right now. Okay. Oh, she's taking off her necklace. That's weird. Because it keeps hitting the table. Oh, that's that's true. Okay. And, and Pat, you're a new author. I want you to just w just critique this poem. Like, go crazy if you want. And Vince, you're okay. obviously a fan of poetry. Oh, oh, big fan. Sharon, give us something saucy. <laughs> give me something saucy. I want to expose myself for love of the people. I want to expose myself for love of the people. I want to expose myself and smile and cogitate quietly for love of the people. Extraordinary goals require extraordinary action, and so I want to expose myself in the grocery store, eating deli meats and cookies right off the shelves for love of the people. I don't want more opium than Thailand. I just love myself and the people so much that I want to be a better person and take pride in the things I can do because I love me and so I seek to expose myself for love of the people and of me. I just flew in from Vegas where I exposed myself for love of the people. I wanted the people of Vegas to laugh, to cry, to hate, to love, to feel that life is about reading and sharing and gambling and exposing. And so I was exposing myself to girls who are in need and vulnerable. When a developing girl asked me, do you want to have the opportunity to expose yourself to some laundry? I had to answer, anything goes. Because I don't want to achieve immortality through my signature coffee-colored popovers. I want to achieve immortality through exposing myself. Invite me over, and one thing will lead to another. And then in the morning, if you die a painful death and I bury your body in the backyard and it's similar to the way Europeans love to smoke and I love smoking and you love traveling, then I will expose myself to a bus full of people stranded in traffic. I want to become a beacon for maintaining your dignity while exposing yourself for love of the people. I'm not sure who my biological parents are, but I believe their goal was to become Pokemon masters and to continue to get with baby squirrels. If Jesus has a pet baby squirrel and it jumps on me, could I still expose myself for love of the people? I want Mexican nuns to be victims of my love. Also Oreos, Dr. Pepper, and Cheetos. And Mother Teresa. Actually, I want to be Mother Teresa, victim of love, getting exposed to and exposing for the love of the people. 
If my poetry aims to achieve anything, it's to deliver people from the limited ways they expose themselves in grocery stores, in Vegas, in Thailand, or Neverland for love of the people. I will write a poem later, but right now I am enjoying exposing myself as an intelligent, sensitive human with the soul of a clown, but not just any clown. A clown deer who committed suicide after being banished from the forest, after he was caught by other deer exposing himself during a fawn birthday party on the White House lawn for love of the people and deer. And there it is, folks. The title, I Want to Expose Myself for Love of the People. That's a first on Brooklyn Paper Radio. Yeah. <laughs> a Pulitzer-worthy poet <laughs> reading, a, reading a poem. What do you think of the poem, Pat? I didn't expect that Oreos and Mother Teresa would be linked right. so close. And deli meats, deli meats, deli meats, flying right off the shelves. Sharon, do you I expose yourself for the people? I think every time I read a poem, I'm exposing Thank myself you. for love of the people. I think there's a lesson in that, Pat. You're going to be doing <laughs> the book tour, reading your book. I have am. You, have you, you know, have you practiced that? Because Sharon pulled that off. No, I, I got to be braced for the live audience, especially a, a live audience of three-year-olds who won't be afraid to show you if they're not interested <laughs> oh, in the yeah. book. Oh, they fall asleep on you. It's crazy. You remember, like, the president, even Michelle Obama does readings at schools, and the kids are like, half of them are asleep. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. No. They're the toughest audience. This guy's terrible. This book's boring. Well, no, I mean, I, I, they're, they're not rude. They just kind of, they kind of fall asleep. I love kids. Okay. Well, All right, anyway. There I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't many rhymes in that, and I can see people. It's tough to rhyme people. And I know, you know, when I think of poetry, I think of rhymes. I'm sorry, Steeple. Steeple. You got steeple. You got teeples. You got sheep hills. Sheep Mott the hoople. Mott the hoople is Yeah, really why, don't you, why don't you... Why no, don't but you don't any of that. Yeah. There, you don't rhyme. Two rhymes. Oh, I do rhyme, yeah, but not in any of these poems. Well, what would you call that? Would you call that free verse? Yeah, I think so. Because Pat's book, I expected it to rhyme because it's like three sentences on each page. It doesn't rhyme, but it's not free verse. It's more oh. of a. It's more Blank of a. Verse. Wait, wait, was I Blank supposed to verse. rhyme? No, not necessarily. But I was thinking about like uh, some of my favorite uh, uh, kids' books, like Good Like Good Night Gorilla rhymes. Great. Now I don't think that's that. You don't have to rhyme. <laughs> Pat's getting all offended. No, you don't well, have to rhyme. I'm going back to look at it and see if I could have worked some rhymes in it. No, 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 I don't think it needs to have rhymes. Goodnight Moon doesn't rhyme. Okay. I mean, Goodnight Moon, people think it's a classic. Is Goodnight Moon poetry or is it or is it prose? Oh, it's prose. You sure? All right, listen. I use onomatopoeia. That like what? Like what? Oh. I don't know, like crash, smash, bang. I mean, that's that's the definition. Vroom, Sharon, that's vroom. onomatopoeia. Yeah, I think so. All right. Listen, we're going to hear a lot more poems from Sharon Mez. We're going to hear a lot more about Pat Kiernan's book, but... We've done the book talk. We gotta open it up a little bit. And Pat, you're yes, an expert. Gersh. You're a New York legend. You gotta give us your one minute, and I'll invite Sharon to do the same. State of the state of the city. Is New York City getting better or worse? You've lived here a long time. You've seen it all. We are we going in the right direction or the wrong direction? We're going in the right direction. We've go. been going in the right direction for a lot of years. I think it's easy to neglect infrastructure. Ooh, and yeah. And uh, we don't keep up on that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, there, there's so much, I mean, so much in politics, so much short-term decision-making and not enough long-term decision-making. And, and we just put stuff off. The roads are a mess. The L train tunnel is falling apart. The Second Avenue subway is maybe going to make it in by December 31st deadline by about 12 hours, if we're lucky. We, 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 need, to, we need to plan further ahead. Yeah, we're, that, we're I gotta say that sounded like somebody just threw his hat in the ring. <laughs> I just sound like it. You running for public office there, uh, Pat? Uh, not till twenty twenty. 
2020. 2020. Okay. You heard it here first. He would win. There's no doubt in my mind. How I don't many, know about the presidency because he's born in Canada, so that's going to be a problem. No, he doesn't have to worry about that. How many How many years have you been doing New York one now? Because uh, coming up 20. Oh my God. Yeah. So like 97 around. 96 then? is when I first started working for the company. September of 97 was when I started so this morning anchor. We got that thing going. See, because I started at the Brooklyn <laughs> paper in 1996. Wow. And you've had such similar career paths. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> We've both risen to the top. No, but Pat, you are the Dick Clark of American TV because you don't look like you've been doing the same job for 20 years. Okay. I, I mean, you look great. Can we get a picture of Pat <laughs> up on the on the radio? It's there? the radio. Put it up. He looks uh, great. He look, Sharon, come on, objectively speaking, and I don't know which way you swing. I don't know which way you swing. They put the girl on the side of the table <laughs> where she can't see anybody. Well, you see him every for morning. Jimmy over here. Jimmy, Jimmy's doing a great Jimmy. job. Sharon, I don't what? know which way you swing. Which what? way do you swing, just so I know? Uh, when, no judgment zone. Well, I mean, do you find Pat attractive? That's just the bottom line. I'm married, girl. Oh, boy, everybody's married Everyone's nowadays. Married these days. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're dead. Anyway, forget about it. I think he's a handsome man. Yeah, All I, right. by the way. Vince is a handsome man. There you go. I've always said that. <laughs> you know what's out. weird? No one's talking about how I look. Because we don't do that. We don't objectify women on this show. We objectify <laughs> men on this show. Okay. There's a reason for everything. There's okay. a reason for so everything. So, Sharon, yes. is the city getting better or worse? You heard Pat Kiernan say we're going in the right direction partially. Where do you think? I actually do not think we are going in the right direction. Okay. Because mm. everything is getting... Uh, apartments are just freaking ridiculous. And normal people cannot find a reasonable place to live. Poets can't mm. find it. You, you had to move from Park Slope to Dipmas Park. Yeah. Well, I, I lived in Kensington in between there. But, I mean, I just think that the housing situation is just pathetic. Well, there you no, go, Pat. See, that, that Pat? comes back to Pat's talk about infrastructure. infrastructure. Housing yes, is just exactly. as much infrastructure as anything. And the only way to solve that problem, Gers, as you've always talked say. about for years, is to build more housing. But every time they try to build more housing, everybody says, "Wait a second, we don't want that in our neighborhood. We don't want that big, tall building. We want something, you know. We want something else. We want to keep it the same I way." I think but there's probably a bunch of affordable apartments that mm. don't need to be built because they're already there. They must be there. They, they have to be there. Where could they be? Can well, I get one of those? Oh, in some cases, there are people, one person living in a four-bedroom apartment That's that true. they got when they had six kids at home. That is true. That is true. And, and they, they should get eight roommates like everybody else. <laughs> but you know, just for the record, because I've said this on the air and I'm, I'm, I've taken the slings and arrows, I've always said any new building that built in New York should be twice as high as the builder proposes and, and it should have 40 to 50% affordable housing in it. And I say let them build as high as they want and just more affordable housing, more units, supply and demand will bring the price down. We need more supply. Mm. Nobody, but nobody likes that plan. Slings and arrows. Hmm. Pat, you and me. You yeah, run Mayor Pat. You're you running, Mayor are Pat. You, are you running on that? Uh, are you on that ticket there? More development. Well, okay. Well, first of all, additional height for buildings does come at a public cost. Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. it steals light from the street. It steals light from everybody else. You end up with buildings like the ugly billionaire mm -hmm. fu to the city building on uh, Park Avenue at 57th. See, I love that building. I don't know. I, that you do not. Like, I do. There's I no do. one that You're loves that building. No, if it had 50% affordable housing, I'd say put another 10 stories on yeah, it. Yeah, no, it has one apartment per floor, and the lights are never on because nobody's ever home. It's just people storing money there from Very foreign. But there are ways around that. But when you're mayor, and I'm yes. your deputy mayor okay. for communication at a salary of about $180,000 a year of public money, fair enough. We're going to build tall, we're going to mandate affordable housing, we'll mandate maybe even affordable units for Canadians to, to satisfy That's going it. too far. Okay, right. For Maybe for Brooklynites, <laughs> Brooklyn poets. But I just think supply and demand is a curve. 
that they talk about. Well, Pat brought up an, <laughs> another good point is yeah. people are buying up apartments and not actually living in mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. They're using it to store them to, as a way because they make more money uh, the, as the apartment goes up in value. It's better than putting it in the bank. It's like money in the bank. Or it is money in the bank. Now, how do you stop that from happening? Well, I'm talking about rental units. I'm talking about affordable units. Okay, so rental. Well, back in the day, you could, but they had affordable housing that you could buy. I remember that. I yeah, signed that's, up that's Mitchell-Lama. That's that's ancient, old school, that's isn't it? No, just, Vancouver just put in a. See, the, Vancouver. The, the, they put in a non-resident tax. If you are not, ah. if you are not a resident, it costs you fifteen percent more to trade an apartment. There you go, a flip tax, if you will. Like when you sell the apartment, you mean? Yeah, but it's a flip tax to the government. I like it. I like Instead it. Instead of flip to the co-op board. I like it. I could get behind it. But see, the Canadians always have that nice socialism with a sheen. I call it. The sheen. I like the sheen. What do you think, Sharon? Canadian socialism. What do you think? Uh, I think that guy who runs Canada is really cute. Justin Trudeau. Yeah, See he's that? good. He's good. And he does yoga. Yeah, he's a, he's a hot guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the time I mean, we're going to objectify here. men. All right, yeah. guys, give us two seconds. We've got to pay a couple of bills. Johnny, can, oh, we we get that, uh, can we get that paying the bills music? And then we'll come back and talk to Sharon Mesmer and Pat Kiernan of New York One. Listen, guys, Sharon... You look great. And that's not objectifying. But you're not going to be that age and that look forever. Yeah, you know, it's hard to maintain 65 and still look this way. Well, once you get to that age, you might want to call Village Care Max. (laughs) They're a Medicaid-managed long-term plan. They help you stay at home, even if you can afford it, and in your community for as long as possible. Here's how it works. A team of healthcare professionals will work with your doctor, helping you to obtain the best best health care options available you get more information about Village Care Max just by calling 800-469-6292 or visit villagecaremax.org. And here's the slogan, and it's true. Village Care Max, live the life you want to live. That's what I say. No, you, gotta, you gotta live that life. Live, the life. live, life. live the life you want to live. Yeah. You know what the life I want to live is? <laughs> it's always the same. It's always the same. I just want a big, juicy steak in front of me. Is that too much to ask? It's not too much to ask. That's why I go to Atlas Steakhouse. Atlas Steakhouse is the Mediterranean-style steakhouse over on Coney Island Avenue in Ditmas Park. Right near Sharon's house. Apparently what they're saying is they're bringing Manhattan to Brooklyn. I don't know what that oh means. Oh, God, that sounds terrible. Yeah, that's what we don't that's want. Oh, it's always dangerous. That's we have eaten there just goes the neighborhood. For the record, we have eaten at Atlas Steakhouse, and it is Brooklyn to the core. Without question. All right? I should so, say Brooklyn to the bone. Well, the first thing you do when you go to Atlas Steakhouse, Curtis, what do you do? You sit down, you have one of their signature cocktails. I had a Godfather. Or possibly, it. possibly, you'll have a, a vintage from their enormous wine list. It's a good, it's a good wine list. Yeah, it's not bad. And then uh, you have your appetizer. Appetizer. It's succulent. I always. had a crab cake, Pat. Seriously, it was really good. Succulent. It was really good. Would you I say succulent? I mean, it's, it's always succulent by definition. And then the uh, main course, that's your steak. As you know, I'm always going to have the uh, filet mignon. People get on me about it. I get on you because I get the uh, New York strip. But I, I know to- uh, Pat likes the tomahawk, uh, tomahawk steak. Do you eat meat these days? Yeah, I, I do. Okay, there you go. What's I your favorite steak? I mean, I think I, I would join Vince in the filet if, 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 if my expense account was paying. Sharon, what's your favorite <laughs> steak? Well, you know, my dad worked in the stockyards, and I grew up four blocks from the Union Stockyards, so I'm not a big fan of meat, but that Atlas Steakhouse is a block and a half from my house, and if they gave me a gift certificate, I would eat there. <laughs> well, that's, that's Plagola right there. Listen, they, <laughs> you can always have the white fish. Because it's there. It's an option. It's on the table. And of course, last but not least, you're going to have your dessert. Any dessert you order, maybe order one, two, three, each sweeter than the last. It's Atlas Steakhouse at 943 Coney Island Avenue, Dippers Park. Always online at atlassteak.com. 
right around the corner from Sharon Mesmer. Last last thing I gotta say, and and I'm not gonna ask Pat this because he probably has special dental coverage from New York One. But Sharon, how's <laughs> my teeth? Are, no, are you looking for a dentist who provides quality care at an affordable price? Well, not theoretically, but tell me about it, Gersh. No, you definitely are. Who's not? What you, you gotta look no further than Dr. Joseph Lichter. Now, I know Lichter. He's got an office in Midwood, not far from your apartment. Uh, I, I assume you live in an apartment because you're a poet. Anyway, the, Dr. Lichter's got a state-of-the-art office. Now, you, you know things like Invisalign, which is that behind-the-teeth braces. Usually it's $5,000. At Lichter, it's 4000 or that uh, teeth whitening, sir. That teeth whitening thing that's usually like a thousand. Lichter does it for three seventy-five. Yeah, great deal. So all you gotta do is call him up at 718-339-7878. You make an appointment, or you drop by fourteen twenty Avenue P. I don't know if he's gonna take you off the street. Wait, wait, wait there's there's a dentist that takes you just dropping in. I don't know if he's gonna take okay. you, to but he's gonna look at your mouth. He's gonna say, "Come back, I can do something." <laughs> anyway, or you can visit the website josephlichterdds.com. There you go. All right, we paid some bills. I don't know how we do it every week. Now we got to get back into the discussion. If you're just joining us, you've missed a heck of a show. I don't know why you're coming in the middle. But we got Pat Kiernan from New York One, who's also the author of a new kid's book called Good Morning City, about his life and times, driving around the city at 3 in the morning trying to get to New York One and enjoying how the city wakes up. And, of course, we're with Sharon Mesmer, who is and should have been, not is, didn't that happen, is. Sharon. Should have been the poet laureate the last time that whole thing went down. Her latest book is called Greetings from My Girly Leisure Place. Who made that call? Who made the call about the borough? About yeah. the, was that, that was, was the Mark former borough president, Marty Markowitz. We should get him on the phone. And we should get him on the phone, but yeah. he has gone underground. Anyway, Sharon, before we go back to Pat Kiernan's book, I want to ask you, what is your girly leisure place, just so we know? Uh, my girly leisure place is Ditmas Park. There you mm. go. Wow. How long have you been there? It's a hotbed. I have been there for uh, two years. Before that, Kensington for two and a half years. And before that, Park Slope for 23 years. Wow, Park Slope. You got exile. And you've been renting the whole time? We own a house. Oh, there you go. Vince, in Pennsylvania. But we rent in Brooklyn. Wow. Interesting. It, that's like that's the poet's life. It is the what, what, is the, what, what is the poet's life? You rent out of town and you have an apartment in the city. I think, see, when I was a poet, Sharon, just, you know, I, in my younger days, I thought of myself as a poet. I still my, think of you as a poet. Thank you, George. thank you. Uh, my poet life was I would eat a yam, a baked yam for dinner every night. That's how poor I was. I lived on yams in well, graduate school. that's healthy. That's healthy. Well, it is. All right, we've got to bring Pat back into the discussion. Now, listen, Sharon, Pat, you know when you're on Brooklyn Paper Radio, you are going to be asked the tough questions. <laughs> Pat, I'm turning to you. Uh -oh. You uh -oh. read every newspaper. Thank you're God. in the I paper. You're in the paper oh, this, segment. This is okay. Go. It's gonna get tough. Yeah. The in the paper segment, above all the great work you do, is like such a trademark for you. So you read all these papers. Now I'm in the newspaper business, as you know. I work for the Daily News. Before that, the Brooklyn paper. Before that, the New York Post. I'm proud of those. What is happening to the newspaper industry, Pat? Well, you see it every day. Our newspapers dead. Mm, there it is. There it is. I asked it. It's a tough question. That's a great question. Gersh, you know the answer to this. Newspapers are in trouble because people are reading in other places and the revenue that you get from the same reader in a digital form just doesn't seem to match up to what they've been getting for that same reader. Okay. But print. I didn't I didn't bring in Milton Friedman to tell me the economics. I'm talking about you as an opinion. I still believe a majority of the good original reporting done in this city is done for print. 
That's that, right. that broadcast follows print mm. far more than print follows broadcast. That We're not even watching you, by the way. No, I'm kidding. Come on, Pat. Whatever. I'm kidding. Whatever. I, 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 I'm not even going to say what channel was on in the break room here we, before we I came in. We were both wondering that's true. about that. That, that's that true. I had to change to New York One. I had so to seize the remote. It was bad. Fox News it. Channel we was on. Get, I, I told the... I told, I told our uh, office manager to take care of that. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, we were going to put happen. New York One on. That's, I'm sorry, Pat. That was really rude of us. <laughs> uh, no, so, you know, community board meetings and and neighborhood events and all these things that that you need to have eyes at. That you right. can't cover on the phone. You can't cover with a press release. You can't. Uh, uh, Vince is pulling out a. Can we a get that up on the, the air there, the Park Johnny? Park Slope Courier. Front page, tomorrow's edition. Uh, here we are, Park Slopers ban upscale markets from the key food site. Now, who else is going to cover that story? Nobody. Right. Well, no, but but it will be covered. It'll be mentioned by somebody tweeting. It'll be mentioned by something blogging. Like, like the, this entire ecosystem we have is still based on somebody doing the original reporting. And if the newspaper business model isn't worked to doing the original reporting, who's doing it? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, DNA Info, there's a website called DNA Info. And I, I've, I've called them out as somebody who is, is doing original reporting yes, for are. the web, but th they're almost alone in that. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty on, on a local level. With, there used to be, when I was at the Brooklyn Paper a few years ago, there were actually a plethora of Brooklyn blogs. And that's even slowed down. Yeah, I don't no, think they can make the money. The blogs came and went. There's, you know, some of them that stuck around, like Gothamist and Curbed, have kind of a, a you know, niche market there, and, and but they're not doing original well, reporting. Well, the know? local blogs, it was often one passionate person yeah. who started writing and found an audience, but it, it sucked up more and more time, and eventually you had to make a decision, can I make this yeah. a business, or, or, or can I sustain it not being a business? I think Fucked and Park Slope is still around. <laughs> they are, but, but she no, she closed she it down. Yeah, she, she is. She, she closed it down. Do it. Oh, uh, I don't know. I think I think it's completely. Yeah, gone the better now. the blog. Pat's point is, is the Fips. better the Fips, we called it. The better Fips. the blog. <laughs> the, and, I don't, and I don't like acronyms. <laughs> it almost becomes them. impossible because if you if you if your blog is really good, then the pressure on you to to keep covering every yeah. meeting, it, you can't do it. Right. Ugh. So basically, I, I mean, we, Vince alone is sitting on an empire here because I you know Vince runs the Brooklyn paper the courier chain and as I've always said I I am gonna build an empire in Brooklyn for Vince no. DiMaselli I helped do that and now he's the he's the last man standing and it's I gotta more, say it's, it's more a, of a fiefdom Gersh it's a struggle for you to make it's a struggle for you to make a living he can't talk about it he can't talk about it on Brooklyn Paper Radio. But there's space for community papers because the distribution model is different you're just trying to get into a, a very specific geography yeah, and, but it's and still hard. Oh, I'm, I'm not saying it's not. I mean, the only thing that works, frankly, is New York One. You guys are making money. We, I mean, I'm not privy to that, but but it seems like we are. They they pay my my bills. The check That's never good. bounces. That's important. <laughs> All right, Sharon, you got to stay on that train. That's a gravy train. There. So now, Sharon, you know, news is not a big money maker right now. What about poetry? I mean, I think you're probably pulling in like seven seven figures. Oh, totally. I told you, I have a house and an apartment. How do you think I can afford that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you have, do you have a poem? And it, it, it might have to be an excerpt because I don't want to, you know, we can't be, can't be devoting the whole show to poetry. God. Do you have a poem that expresses the essential angst or, or, or anxiety of being a poet in the city? I think all of my poems. <laughs> every one of them, yeah. I think every single one of them does. Someday we shall all say yes to death. Mm. That's a classic. No, no, classic. no. My grandfather went kicking and screaming. Did he really? Kicking it. Oh, no I'm yeses saying yes to death. No yeses there. How about this one? 
How about how? You got a short one. You got like kind of I a, will read a an concise excerpt. one. Oh, I'll an excerpt. Read okay, an here we go. Excerpt from what happens if your eyeball oh. falls out of the socket. I'm on that page right now. See that? Go for it's it. Synchronicity. Go for it. What happens if your eyeball falls out of the socket? What if it rolls? I'm sorry. What happens if your eyeball falls out of the socket? What if it falls out, rolls on the ground, and no one can find it? Mm. What if this happens while a volcano is erupting and everyone is being attacked by monkeys? What if the monkeys are angry because you have distracted them from punching sharks and the sharks are mad because they can't punch back and now you've got monkeys and sharks on your ass? What if all this time you have a four-hour erection? Uh-oh. I'll leave it at that. Wait, hold on. How does it end? Do, do the monkeys? <laughs> the monkeys? Do I? Do I lose the erection? I think the sharks eat everyone. <laughs> you told me to read an excerpt. No, that's the thing is, I gotta say, any poem that mentions the four-hour erection, and and I, I'm assuming that's because of there was a medication mishap. Could have been anything. Well, you said you were married. I, I'm just gonna ask. Oh, you this about is not about me. Oh, okay. Just, I would think that me. the because Pat's book. Good Morning City is inspired by his commute every day. I thought maybe the four-hour erection was inspired by uh, something going on at home. You know, I feel like I should read a couple of pages from his book. Oh, here, here. Would you do that? Do yes. that for us. Yeah, because Sharon does a good job okay, of that. Don't read the whole thing, though, because there's no, no reason for I'm anybody gonna, to buy it. I'm going to read an excerpt. Here we go. Wake up, city. It's dark and quiet. The moon still glimmers in the sky. It's busy inside the bakery measure, mix, knead, fresh bread will soon rise like the sun. A newspaper carries, I'm sorry, a newspaper carrier rushes to her last deliveries. Whoosh, thump, the paper lands on the stoop. Drop that rope, the captain hollers. Splash, toot, toot. The ferry boat starts its morning rounds. Mm. Yeah, that little bit of that. I'm glad you mentioned the ferry because that's Vince's commute every day. I so love he that knows about it. I love that ferry. And you did that Thanks very well, Sharon. I know. I'm going to hire Sharon for voiceover. Yeah, that's very good, good stuff. Very good stuff. Now, so basically what I'm, what I'm hearing, like I said, Good Morning City, it brings you in. It's like there's the bakery. There's the ferry. I mean, I'm telling you, I used to work the 5 a.m. shift at the Daily News, and I know all about that. That, I, And I don't mind it. Do you mind waking? You wake up at like 3 in the morning, right? So... I told you that I knew exactly where your offices were because I did grand jury duty a few months ago, just across the other side of the street here. How many how many days was that? Uh, it was two solid weeks. Yeah, over they, Thanksgiving. Don't, they, don't, they don't let you out of that. Uh, but but I had to do for for two weeks. I had to do the regular nine a.m. commute. Yeah. Oh my god. It's I hard. I don't miss that. Yeah. yeah no, it's, it's really hard. You don't get a seat on the subway, and it's people pushing and. Bikes. No, I mean I take the subway home, but I'm going the the other direction yeah. to the flow right. at, at ten or eleven o'clock in the morning. That's okay. So so yeah, there are some good things about working in the morning. Yeah, no, I, I don't mind it. I don't you, mind. You beat it. the rush. You literally beat the rush. But yeah. you must have to go to sleep at like eight at night or something crazy. I sleep two hours in the afternoon and four ah, hours at night. The two hours in the so afternoon. That's, See that's, that nap. that's why I didn't want to come here until until I got here because I had to get my afternoon nap in. Well, you had to get his nap. I'm a big <laughs> fan of the, the nap. Okay, wait. Cam, I, I'm not a two-year-old. The, the, the reason I'm able to sustain this for 20 years is because I've got the schedule figured you out. It. You figured it that's out. That's good thinking. I mean, you figured it out. And not only that, so you're, you're writing a book. You're out there. And, and, and Sharon pointed out you're in some of the biggest movies, some of the best movies we love. That's, those are cameos, but you get paid for that. And that's good work. And of course I'm talking, Sharon, of course I'm talking about Night in the Museum. One of my favorites. I mean, seriously. 
and had, Iron Man or one of those. Yeah, yeah. Avengers. Uh, M- Money Monster was just out. Money and, Monster. And Ghostbusters was tremendous fun because mm. I actually got to interview Bill Murray. Nice. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. I once went to the bathroom next to Bill Murray at BAM. Did you have the awkward standing at the urinal? No, no, no. We no. basically just looked. Uh, he looked at me. I looked at him. I said, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, "Great." I was like, "All right, fantastic." I was in an elevator with Bill Murray once. Did he? Did you talk to him? Did yeah, you say, hey, he how's was it nice. Going? He was really. He's very tall. Yeah. He's taller than I thought. I walked hmm. across the Brooklyn Bridge on that poetry walk with Bill Murray. You were there, Sharon, weren't you? No, I wasn't. What do you mean? What, what does with mean? No, no. We, he was a one of, of like the six thousand of us. people. No, it was only about twenty of us. Okay. I mean, I didn't talk to the guy. He's a poet. He likes poetry. What was the he does. The Remember, he they do that every year. They do. House. They walk across. Yeah, it's a poet poet's, poet's house, house thing. Poet's house. Yeah. Oh, that the poets have a house. Oh, the poet's house is very luxurious. What about a journalist's house, Pat? Is there a journalist's house? I don't think there is. Anyway, I'd be <laughs> remiss. I'd be remiss if you're just tuning in now. I got to tell you who we're with. We got Pat Kieran in the New York one. That's a big. That's what we call a get. Vince, they call that a get. That's a get, Gersh. And we got Sharon Mesmer, who's a poet, and so we don't usually have poets on the show. Her new book is Greetings from My Girly Leisure Place. Pat's new book is Good Morning City. Who published that book, Pat? Uh, FSG. FSG, which is like but French part, words. Prior to Macmillan. It's a lot of French words. Ferrar, Strauss, and Giroux, I think. Yeah, you, you got it. No, well they done. blackballed me. They blackballed. They didn't publish my book, Hair, Mankind's Historic Quest to End Baldness. <laughs> There's a lot of reading material on the table here, because not only do we both have our books, but Vince has had like 50, 50 newspapers here. Well, you I'm going to do an In the Papers before we finish. <laughs> can, we, can we put that up yeah, on I don't radio? Have, I don't know how that got there in front of you. I don't know I don't know where that came from. No, but I, and Vince was showing you the Park Slope Courier tomorrow's front page. Vince, can I have that for a second? Because sure. this... This was a story that Pat was talking about. It's like, who's going to cover? Who's going to cover the, the community boards when guys like Vince and dinosaurs like Gersh Kunstman are gone? And the answer is probably nobody. But I do want to point out this story because it's relevant to our lives in Brooklyn. There's a, a site where they have to close a key food temporarily to build a big apartment building. The developers agreed, okay, we're, when we reopen the building, we're going to have a key food there, so everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. But the local Wait, community... key food specifically? No, no, no. Well, c- a, a supermarket. Okay. That's, the key food okay. on, that's the key food on 5th, 5th Avenue. Yeah, 5th Avenue. Yeah, yeah, with the, uh, with the parking lot. So here's the thing. They, the, the, because it's called a, an urban renewal site from back in the 60s, there's a certain... Everything that is built on that site has to go through the city council. And the city council negotiated that... There can't be a Whole Foods. There can't be a, uh, what, what are the, some of these upscale places? Uh, Trader, Joe's. Trader Joe's. Balducci's. Cinderella. Wait, wait, wait. There's a specific yeah. prohibition yeah. To, to... Specific. Yeah. It says, they, they will not have Whole Foods, Cinderella, Balducci's, Grace's Marketplace, or Italy. Mm. So now, I understand... Shockingly, the, Balducci's is from Brooklyn. Uh, Their first store was in Brooklyn. So, I mean, sometimes they have, they have some sort of conceit where they say that that it can't be a national chain right. with 10 or more locations. Right. But what, what was their criteria well, affor- here? Affordability. Simply affordable. They want a they down want and dirty. Wait, they're saying that Whole Foods is more expensive than other supermarkets? They are. Yes, they are. Well, and they, I, I believe they have, supply, they have to uh, stock Goya beans. Have to be there. Is that in, the, that, that's that, is, in there? that is in it. They have yes. to stock Goya beans. Yes. I like Goya black beans. I do. I don't know who It's like the only thing my son will eat. Anyway, Do you remember the, the Goya sign? Do you remember the Goya sign over the, over the canal? But the reason I even brought it up, Pat, is because you're talking about good, honest, local reporting. And that's the kind of thing a member of the public can say, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's wrong with Italy? What's wrong with Whole Foods? Or, hey, I like my key food. That, that was a good, good thing my councilman did. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, local newspapers, other than local, local newspapers, yeah, the Daily News, stinks. you're not going to see that story good. in my <laughs> Daily News. What? 
I don't know. That, uh, the Brooklyn paper last week wasn't that good. I wasn't happy with it. Look at that. He's you, not know, you know what it is with the newspaper? We don't put out a newspaper because it's good. We put out a newspaper because it's as, Thursday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it's Thursday, as Lauren Michaels says. You know? Sometimes <laughs> sometimes the, the front page, the wood, we call it, is not great. But anyway, no, but, but Pat, you're looking at some of these papers, yeah. and you like the bespoke quality of a newspaper, right? I know when you're flipping through in the papers, I see you. You're looking at it and saying, oh, it's something about a paper. Oh, absolutely. If I, if I got to spend... 15 minutes with a website published by the same newspaper or 15 minutes with the print edition, absolutely prefer the print edition. And that's, editors do good things with print. There you go. The, you know. uh, the editors do good things on paper. They tell you by how big the headline is, by where it is on the page, by whether there's a photo, by whether there's graphics with it. All of those things as a reader allow you to read a newspaper efficiently. On the web, it's all very flat. I am, I am so happy to hear that because it's He's not paid to say that. No, and because that's what we do. We actually sit down and when we're putting together the newspaper, when we're making the sausage, as they say. It's delicious sausage. Of course. You know, we think about these things, and it's all, it's all about when you're doing the layout, guiding the eye and saying, all right, wh what am I going to read first? What am I going to look at first? And I hate to look at newspapers that don't, like, when they're putting together photos, say, all right, this is the photo that you really need to look at. This is the photo that's mm -hmm. kind of secondary. And they make everything the same size. And, you know, you look at a lot of other local newspapers. I'm not going to name names. And, Vince you, and has you see stuff like that. But we really take a lot of pride in the layout and what we do and in headlines like uh, this one on the cover of the Bay Ridge Courier last week. Apartment number two, homeless living in Shore Road Park's restroom. Yeah, he's living in the restroom, apartment number two. You can't beat I, that, Pat. I, I, Did I, you get the pun? I got the number two Sh thing. Thank you, Gert. Sharon, you got the pun, right? Apartment Wait, number two. I wasn't two. paying attention. I was oh, really? Oh, it's great. She's on the radio show. She's not paying attention. I was reading the paper. Sorry. Now, you know what the original headline to that was? We couldn't use it. It's, it's simple. Go for it. See if you can do it. See if can you can write a What's the pun that would work, uh, but you can't use it? You can't use it. Big one word. Compound word. All right, I gotta give it to you. Okay. Shit house. <laughs> oh, you can't do that. Can't do you it. can't do can't that. Do you it. can do it on a podcast, and Sharon could do it in a poem. But Pat can't even hear words like that, right? Because he's from Canada. Well, there are kids watching in the morning. Yeah, I know. My nine-year-old now cannot listen to this show. Like, this is to be on that's the right, band list. That's all right. You lost one listener, but we gained so many more. Oh, well. All right, listen. I love that headline. <laughs> I do like Shithouse. I think that would have been a good headline. <laughs> and it would have been worth it. It would have been worth all the controversy. I got, I got it there. You got it in the Shithouse. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good stuff. Sharon, I, I'm glad you were paying attention there because oh. we were listening to your poem. I was literally listening to your poem about the four-hour erection. <laughs> I was sitting there wrapped, waiting to see where it was going to go. And then I bring up some headline, and you're like, oh, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I was reading about my old neighborhood. All right, fair enough. All right, listen. We gotta pay a couple more bills, and then we're gonna round this show out. Jimmy, can I get a little paying bills music? Jimmy's right. doing a great job. Look, you're reading this one. Uh, thanks, guys. When was the last time? In all seriously, when was the last time you saw a high quality dentist who was affordable? You, I never did until I met Joseph Lick the Pat. You ever do? You're from Canada. They got free dentistry there. It's not free. It's totally free. <laughs> it's there's there's more clarity to the billing though. You're, it doesn't go off to the insurance company and then come back with some random amount that you think is more than you should have paid. No, it is more than you should have paid, no. and that's why you got to go to Doctor Joseph Lichter because he's got like a price list there. Can I read it to you? Invisalign, which is the virtually invisible alternative to metal braces. Usually Who wants metal braces these days? Nobody. Nobody. But usually it costs five thousand dollars. At Joseph Lichter, you'll save a thousand. Porcelain veneers, usually $1,000. At Lichter, you'll pay $675. And the Zoom teeth whitening thing, that's oh, what yeah. I was talking about before. Yep. Zoom teeth whitening, usually $500, $600 in Brooklyn Heights, 
$3.95. So all you got to do... Pat, you ever meet Bon Jovi? I have, not met, I have not met John so bon You Jovi. see him up close. He's got that Zoom teeth whitening. There's no doubt. Oh, yeah, but he pay, probably paid 2000 for it. What he did. So you call Dr. Joseph... Wait, wait, how much could Bon Jovi's teeth whitening be if he was a Dr. Joseph Lichter? No, at Lichter, it's three seventy-five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Pat. Anyway, call Dr. Lichter. Don't walk into his office. Call him. 718-339-7878. You set up an appointment. When you make the appointment, you'll go to 1420 Avenue P in Midwood. And then sometime in between that, you can go online and visit him at Dr. Joe. Sorry, Joseph Lichter, DDS, com. Hey, see what's possible when healthcare gets personal because Village Care Max, a Medicaid managed long term plan. You don't even know what that is. I know exactly what uh, it is. What is it? I know exactly what it is. It is exactly what it says it is. Which is what? A managed long term plan. <laughs> it is, in fact, a managed long term plan. It's got something to do with well, What are they going to do for you? They are going to help you continue to stay at home and in your community for as long as possible. A team of healthcare professionals will work with your doctor helping you obtain the best healthcare options available to you. Get more information about Village Healthcare Max by calling 1-800-469-6292 or you can visit them online at villagecaremax.org. That's Village Care Max. Live the life you want to live. It's hard because... Well, anyway, it's hard to know. That sums it up, though. You just live the life you want. I know, but we're not there yet. When I'm 55, 65... You're closer than you think, Gersh. Thanks. All right, last thing I want to say. You've talked about teeth. You've talked about staying in your home. But you got to have some fun out there. And that's why I go to Atlas Steak. Vince and I went a couple of weeks ago. Atlas Steak, you get in. You have a cocktail. You have a succulent appetizer like the crab cake, and then you pick your steak. Well, it doesn't have to be steak. Sharon, if you don't like steak because your father was a, a meat packer, you can get a Caesar salad. You can get a Cypress salad. You can get meze. You get, you get the Moroccan rolls. But I go for the steak. I go to New York Strip. Vince likes the filet. Pat says he likes the filet if someone else is paying. But you don't have to worry about that at Atlas because the filet mignon is just 30 bucks, and it's prime. It's prime. Anyway, Atlas Steakhouse, and also they got a brunch menu now. Oh, yeah. Atlas Steakhouse, it's on Coney Island Avenue between Newkirk and 18th Avenue. Yep, by 18th. Oh, it's right there in Up and Coming Dipmas Park, and of course you can call and make a reservation at 646-494-7227. That's Atlas Steak, online at atlassteak.com. Yep. All right, we've paid all the bills. It's done. Now we can let our hair down. <laughs> Sharon, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, we all have such long hair we in do. here. Except for Jimmy. He has long yeah, hair. Jimmy's got good hair. He's got great hair. Jimmy, put up a picture of your own hair. Jimmy, put that up. I'm looking right. at his hair right now, and I wish I had his hair. Guys, we talked about it before. November 8th is yeah. an historic election. Now, every four years, the presidential candidates say, this is the election. This is the most important election of our lifetime. Pat, you're from Canada. Yes, I am. You're an observer We've here. That. You're just a you're just a guest worker, if you will. Although I, you're an American I, I, citizen I am now. A citizen, yeah, I am. So you, you're going to be you, voting. You took the plunge. Wow, you swore your allegiance to these United States. Are you nuts? <laughs> okay, Pat's the only guy who can move to Canada after this election. So, Pat. <laughs> yes. This is an historic election. You're a journalist, a Canadian, and now an American patriot. I'm not going to ask you who you're voting for. I don't vote. He doesn't vote. What? As a journalist, you don't vote. Uh, no, I, 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 as a journalist, I don't like to vote. Okay, fair enough. I, 
But this is an historic election. Just from a media standpoint. I got to point out, I do vote, but I'm an independent, a registered independent. Well, th- and that, that's what actually troubles me the most is, is the primaries and where mm-hmm. you would have to declare that yes. you were with one party or the other. Yeah, that's why I don't declare. I don't like it. You I know, don't George like Washington, our first and possibly greatest president, said to avoid binding political parties. Well, first of all, I don't know where you're coming up with best president. He was, what are you kidding? He stepped down, Gersh. That's all that matters, right? He didn't have to. He didn't have to when he stepped down. All right. If you want me to break into Hamilton, I'm because Vince Vince was listening to the Hamilton soundtrack the other day, oh. and he starts crying in the middle of the. I'm, I'm, I'm driving the car. Crying. What part? Wait, I'm, I'm on the Gowanus Expressway. So I'm on the Gowanus Expressway when his son died. Oh yeah. And I never even seen the play. You know what made you cry? The rhymes. Freaking poetry. <laughs> poetry. That's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Look at Sharon Mesmer, poet. Should be poet laureate of Brooklyn. But in a word for the poetry. <laughs> All right, but let's not get off topic here. Pat, come on. You've been observing this election. You've been observing American elections now for 20 this years. This is what crazy. So what do you, who's going to Every time win? I travel to Canada and visit friends there, they're like, what the hell is going on What the there? hell is going on What there? the hell is so going on? So what is going on? Tech, I don't know. You know as well as I do. Sharon, you've lived in Brooklyn since 1988. You're from Chicago before that. You speak with a heartland clarity. What's going on? I don't know, but I'm going to see if Poland wants me back. Poland. Wow. How You're far back does that go? That goes back to the 1800s. You're, yeah. You're literally grandfathered in. Yeah. You're great-great-grandfathered in. Gert, I very much enjoyed your article uh, a few weeks ago that reminds people that you can't just decide to move to Canada. Canada's not standing there at the border <laughs> yeah, saying, sure. as many Americans as you want, come yeah, up. No, thank yeah. you for the plug there. I, would, I, I, I wrote would, that for the Daily News because people always say every four years, well, if, if blank wins, I'm going to Canada. But more and more people are saying it this time because people are genuinely horrified by what could happen on Tuesday. Uh, actor Brian Cranston was saying it the other day. Yep, he said and, it. And I said, you know, I want to remind everybody, you can't just move to you Canada. Can't. And all my Canadian friends responded to that tweet and said, well, actually, we'll, we'll let Brian in. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, but not Gersh Kunstman because I called, I called Trudeau's government. I called Justin Trudeau and I first said, wow, Justin Trudeau, you're a handsome man. Let me in. And they said, no, you've got to have skills, which I don't have because I'm None. a journalist. Zero. you got to have money because if you have a lot of money, they'll let you invest in Canada. I don't have that. Well, Sharon's is in the same boat. So I can't move to Canada, but they did have a loophole. If I go and take classes, I can get on an educational visa. And then after three years, the guy basically said, eh, you, you just stay. You just get a job and you stay. And that can happen. Mm-hmm. So I may move to Canada. It was a great idea for a column that I gave you, Gersh. Uh, thank you. So, Sharon, you're moving to Canada? If, if No, I'm moving to Poland. I'm going to see if they want me back. Seriously. Poland's not bad. I've been to Poland. They need teachers, right? I can teach. But, I mean, I've been to Krakow. Great town. It's beautiful. Yeah. All right, fair enough. So, Pat, when your friends in Canada say, yeah. what the hell is going on then there? I mean, you, you're going to have to take the fall for all of America in the eyes of Canada, <laughs> right? Because you came here of your own volition. You gave us Donald Trump. <laughs> what blame Canada blame Canada <laughs> no what constantly surprises me is that you you look at the number of New Yorkers who say wait a minute we know Donald Trump we've been listening mm-hmm. to Donald Trump for decades they seem to have a healthier skepticism of Donald Trump than <laughs> much of the country does right they're not as exposed to him uh, other than the women um, than th- th- as we are and no, I a lot of the country knows Donald Trump from The Apprentice Trump. where he's a successful businessman who sets these people on their way yeah but that's we, fiction we know Donald Trump from the newspaper headlines over the years the Howard Stern conversations over the years and and, and going to be principal for a day at a Bronx school for example and like stiffing the kids in their fundraiser and <laughs> pretending to give them a million dollars and then in the end not. And it, 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 I don't know if you remember that story. It came out 
1997. We were going through the Dalian's archives. Like he's a jerk. He's a jerk. Well, he did get. The, didn't he get the uh, the ice skating rink built in Central Park? No, and that's a, that's a myth. Okay. Yeah, that's a myth. Okay, tell me. I don't know. That's, did, that's what I remember. We didn't get it built, yeah. but he, they've been operating it successfully. No, no, that's true. No, but the but the myth about that story is well, I cut through the red tape and all that. The workers who built that that rink were New York City workers. The budget was provided by the city of New York. He did not pay for that rink. He did not cut through red tape. Was that the 80s or the 90s? Late 80s, I believe. Mm. That The Wallman rink is one of the great myths of Donald Trump. You know, they, they, they tried, the Trump organization tried to kind of quietly rebrand it as Trump yep. rink. It's on their on their paperwork, <laughs> it says Trump rink. And yeah. in the city, it just says Wallman rink. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm going to go on record, if you can hear the sound of my voice anywhere in these great United States, we know Donald Trump here in New York, and Donald Trump is a jerk. Yeah. Wow, dead silence, He's crickets. You got the sound effect of crickets there, Johnny? Put it on. Sharon, you know Trump, right? We're because just you've all been out nodding there. our heads. We're no, seriously, you can't nod heads. on radio. Let the record yeah. show there was a lot of nodding. Sharon, you know Donald Trump. Oh, personally, yeah. So what do you think of him? Uh, I think he's got to stop using the tanning crap on his face. It's not good. No. It's not good. But the, but the question we always ask on Brooklyn Paper Radio... I, d- I don't understand why people can't see through his BS. I really don't. Because what if you listen to any of his policy advisors talk, I know more about foreign policy than they do, and I don't know shit. Well, but you're a poet. Well, yeah. But we always ask the tough question on Brooklyn Paper Radio. I'll let Vince start. <laughs> Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, which is going to be better for Brooklyn? That's all we oh. care about, ultimately. <laughs> Who's better for Brooklyn? Mm. As as you know, Gersh, I wrote a uh, column this week that'll be out uh, on Friday. Uh, it's my love letter to uh, Michelle Obama. Yeah, he's saying write write her in. Write write yeah. in Michelle. Hashtag write in Michelle. Hashtag write her in. And what's the headline of that column? A new hope. A new hope. Come on, Pat. That's that's good. a great headline. That's really good. A new that's hope. A good headline. Thank you. You're I gonna put that. that in in the papers, I bet. <laughs> which, 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 yeah. Vince sure. is Vince is starting the Michelle Obama write-in campaign. She doesn't even want the job. She does not want the job. But if if elected, she will serve. She's not going to turn down America. Yeah. Because other, she wouldn't have to move out of the White House. It's it's a long shot though. All right. So that's but the headline: a new hope, and that's going to be in what paper there, Vince? That's going to be in our our Southern Brooklyn uh, papers. Um, I have a new column this week, as you know. My column will be called "My Column Vinny." My column, Vinny. <laughs> Sharon, that's poetry, right? That's, that's beautiful. That's like a haiku. Mm. It's not really a haiku. No, no I don't think it's like something like that. Yeah, because that's 575, a haiku? Yeah. Something like Let's that. do a haiku version of your column. <laughs> Please write in Michelle. Mm-hmm. She would be... Presidential. Presidential. Won't okay. leave the White House. There it is. I did it. No, I sit on. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not because there's no rhyme, sc- rhyme scheme in a in a haiku. No, I think of uh, seriously. We're the reason we're talking to Pat uh, Kiernan from New York One and Sharon Mesmer, the greatest poet ever, is because they both have books out. And Pat, your book, Good Morning City, has a haiku quality to it. It's a very poetic love letter, if you will, to New York City. It's supposed to be something you wouldn't get tired of reading for the fiftieth or one hundredth oh time. That's that's, that's a, a challenge. challenge. That's a challenge. But that's what you want as a, as a, a children's book author. You want it to be one of the go-to books. I am reading. I mean, when I my kids were young, it's like Goodnight Gorilla is one of the greatest books ever. But come on. No, you can't do it over and over and over again. Does your book in the illustrations have like little little cheat? You know, like things that a kid would pick up only after the tenth reading. Like oh, this, I mentioned, sir. like Goodnight Gorilla because the lighting changes in the in the house where the gorilla is. Is, are there any things that I'm going to pick up 
when I read it for that 50th time. It's like, oh my God, he put that in that picture. Yeah, I got Bob. There's a, a, a nod to both of my daughters. There you go. Hmm. Where are the nods? Well, I can't get, that's that's. Oh, you'll discover it. it. You'll discover it. Yeah, you gotta All discover right. it. Sharon Mesmer has a new book out called "Greetings from My Girly Leisure Place." Now, w- am I gonna discover anything about in the girly leisure place that I don't know about? Probably not. Yeah, because I've been there. Because you've been following my career for like years. It's not just the career, Sharon. I've been a fan, but I'm a. F- I, and, but I know about the girly leisure place, and that's why I was happy you. Uh, you, you titled your book there. Well, I'm hoping it will grab you in the girly leisure place. Ah, I see. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, we, we don't, and we don't say where Donald Trump grabs women on no, this show. That's the one thing we don't say. All right. I got to give Sharon one last excerpt because she oh. came all the way from Ditmas Park. Give me one more excerpt from your poetry. Tell us what the name of the poem is. Or do you have a request, Vince? Vince no, I don't, there's no, no request. I'm just going to see if she picks the one that I'm reading. I lost my beat. Li- me- <laughs> I lost my meat. I lost my beatnik antlers on the grassy knoll. Help me, JFK. But that's the title. Yeah. What page is that on? Forty. Forty. Yeah, we're gonna read along. That's, that's the one I'm looking one. at. That right, go for one. it. Go that for it. That was the one. I won't read the whole thing. Well, because nobody solved the Kennedy Kennedy assassination anyway. Except right? in this book. Oh, here we you go. Know, they got an X in Dealey Plaza. Yeah. Here we go. They got an X. Right on the street where he was shot. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Just pointing that out. That's lugubrious. It is, yeah. I don't like that. It is want, I'd rather hear this poem than that. I ever. lost my khakis and my hair smoosh and my craft beer slash Telly Savala shrine. I lost my history of maple urine disease on the grassy knoll and my trainable kielbasa. I lost my eatable narc pants. I was told I had lost my reason. I lost my A-Rod beanstalk mojo on the grassy knoll, but I found my Christmas spliff. Scully, Mulder, I will be a doctor, but I need my Ryan Seacrest as a kitty blanket first. Cuba has Santeria, Haiti has voodoo, and I have my Abraham Lincoln's birthday does Irish cheerleaders at Madison Square Garden pass. Oops, had. Mm, wow. See? Now, now, Pat, you hear stuff like that, and you don't hear stuff like that every day. Thank What's God. What's your reaction? I, I feel like I should have read some of it, because... Yeah. You should read... You no, want to read a poem? Maybe you should do In the Poems. Oh, there you go. We actually, just so you know, Pat, it's a it's a slippery slope because we started doing a, a a column called Verses and Reverses. Oh man! And once you start printing poems, yeah, I have a rule in, in newspapers. <laughs> it's called poetry begets poetry. Yeah, mm-hmm. people just start sending you random oh, poems. Yeah. And that guy, I don't know, Sharon, if you know this guy, Leon Leon Freilich, the poet, poet laureate of Park Slope, I believe. Oh yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. You know Leon. I in fact I just met him at a at a reading a couple of weeks ago. Now he's still doing it, but we ran his verses and reverses for a long time, and, and all we got in letters to the editor was poetry for years. Yeah. Anyway, Sharon, I want to thank you for reading that. That was called "I Lost My Beatnik Antlers on the Grassy Knoll." Help me, JFK. I like to point out that Telly Savalas does not get mentioned enough in poetry. <laughs> well, no, it, the po- the poem goes on to mention Jean Valjean's balls. <laughs> See, Among I thought I things. couldn't say that. I think you could. Russell Crowe is in there. Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I believe. Have you ever written a poem that mentions uh, Pat Kiernan or New York One? No, because I don't have a TV, and I've never seen the man on TV. Unbelievable! I'm so glad our our Pat Kiernan <laughs> kids book show is going to be listed as explicit lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's <laughs> fair enough. All right, Pat. To bring yes. It, to bring it back to Pat for a second, we're we're getting played out. But Pat, you got a book called Good Morning City. Coming out from FS- FSG, Sharon's got a book called Greetings from My Girly Leisure Place. It's already out. Two great authors. Oh, can I just say it's from Bloof Books. You can Bloof. say it. You can say it. Okay. Two great authors, two great genders. Pat's a man and uh, and, and Sharon's a woman. Mm-hmm. Sort of. And one handsome co-host, Vince DiMasselli. Absolutely. So yeah. I want to thank you guys for joining us on Brooklyn Paper Radio. Last thing. Pat, pl- 
plug whatever you want to plug. Got something you want to plug? You can do a reading. When's your next reading? Yeah, uh, November 19th at Barnes & Noble Union Square is the big yeah. first reading. What time? Join us there. I remember what time. You don't know what time? And Sharon, it's, it's, it's three weeks away. Guys. All right, so Pat Kiernan's got a reading. Sharon, when are we going to see you? It won't be during nap time. We know when are we going to sure. see you publicly, Sharon? I'm reading at Columbia University for Hanging Loose Press's, I think, 190th anniversary. It's some Friday in November. I think it's the second Friday in November. I don't remember. Well, of course, you can go to SharonMesmer.com. Listen, I'm Gersh Kuntzman of the New York Daily News. I'm with Vince DiMasselli, a handsome man, and we want to thank our guests, Pat Kiernan of New York One, Sharon Mesmer, who someday will be the Poet Laureate of Brooklyn, <laughs> and our advertisers, Atlas Dake, Joseph Lichter, DDS, and of course, Village Care Max. I'm Gersh Kuntzman with Vince DiMasselli. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week.